Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. Happy one year. Uh, this is our one year anniversary here for doing this 15 minute podcast. If you scroll all the way back to the top or all the way back to the bottom, depending on what platform you are using, um, we're one year in. So, uh, happy birthday to us and to you and to everyone joining us. Whether you're a new listener or someone who's been around a long time, I just want to say thank you from Krista and I to you. Thank you for joining us. You're the reason that we do this. Thank you for um, showing back up every day uh, or every other day to um, uh, to listen and then giving your feedback. Today, I want to talk about being unstuck. Uh, when I was um, in sales, uh, the last number of years, I was in a training position, a hiring position and training position, and we really had the door-to-door thing kind of down to a science. There's, there's practical things that you do to make yourself come across um, better to people. So I don't know if you, where you live, get uh, people who knock on the door, salespeople who knock on the door, but pay attention to the way they, to the way they act. There's, there's even nonverbal communication, the way you stand, the way you face. Uh, if you're standing uh, all the way up, if you're standing to the side, there was things that we would teach people to do. And so we'd have it down to a science. So when someone was starting, they just used to hear, yeah, you're going to go out, you're going to talk to people, you're going to tell them about the system. And then you're going to sell sell them a system, and then you're going to make money, and then you're going to, you know, that's all they heard was uh, make sales, make lots of money, right? And then in their head, it was ball out of control. But um, when it came down to it, there was actually a lot to the job because there was very specifics. There was a formula, you know, there was things to say. There was if a customer asked a question, how to respond to the question with another question, right? There's there's even these in-depths. There's things people talk about, but th- there's these in-depths in-depth um, uh, uh, formulas and in-depth really uh, ways that you could train yourself to be excellent at it. Sales is an art, right? Sales is something you study and you learn. Um, and so is communication. But uh, coming out of that world where everything became a, uh, you, you learn to get natural in the formula of it, if that makes sense. But coming out of that world, I'm used to doing in-depth training on that sort of thing. All right, stand this way and have everything. You dissect it. Uh, I think it's Steph Curry, the NBA player, who said there's 23 23 steps to shooting the perfect three-point shot. 23 steps that he's broken it down into, right? And if you practice on each step. So crazy, crazy detail, crazy planning. But there's a um, – when it comes to the kingdom of God, there's, there's certain I don't want to just say personalities, but there's things we want to be able to get down to a science. But many times, if we do, we can find ourselves getting stuck because when we try to get them down to a science, it can take the life out of them. It's like like when you would play the Super Mario's video game, uh, Super Mario Brothers, and you could get to that certain level, and if you jumped at just this right moment, you could get these coins, right? There were these uh, up, down, up, down, A, B, A, B star, right? Or whatever, you know, whatever it was, there was, there was this thing that if you did it just to write them at just the right moment, you were going to win every time. But with the kingdom of God, it's not just a, uh, it's not just the written law of do this. It's not just a recipe. The, the, the text is a recipe. The text is perfect instruction. It tells you what to do if, if a spirit of heaviness comes. It tells you what to do on how to deal with the spirit of fear. It tells you what to do in, in, in how to uh, get answered prayer. There's step by step. So there's specific instruction. But inside of that framework is a living, breathing, 
relationship with God. And there can be a tendency for people, and I know it's been that way for me at times, but there's a tendency to 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 want to reduce everything to a formula. Okay, so how do I pray for the sick? I want to be able to pray for the sick and see them recover. What do I have to do? And it's almost like you get a notebook and a piece a pen out and like, all right, instruct me on how to see people healed. But everything with the Lord comes down to your heart motivation and it comes down to your relationship with God. And so I want you to turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 5. I want to read this to you. And it says the king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman the commander of his army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. But though Naaman was a mighty warrior, he had suffered from leprosy. At this time, Armenian raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid. One day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So Naaman told the girl what the young girl told the king what the young girl from Israel had said, go and visit the prophet. The king of Aram told him, I will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of Israel. So Naaman started out carrying his gift, 750 pounds of silver, 150 uh, pounds of gold, and 10 sets of clothing. This letter to the king of Israel said, with this letter, I present my servant Naaman. I want you to heal him of his leprosy. When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay and said, am I God? that I can give life and take it away? Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me. But when Elisha, the man of God, I want you to say this with me. I want you to say, I am a man of God. If you're a woman of God, then say, I am a woman of God. Amen. But when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay, he sent this message to him. Why are you so upset? Send Naaman to me, and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. Verse 9, So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message, Go and wash yourself seven times in the river Jordan. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. You know, in situations like this, we expect that the answer is going to come with, with this, this perfectly, like God's going to tell me to do this and I'm going to do it and it's just going to be this easy thing. But you look at this, you look at this setup. Here's this, here's this, uh, this man of honor who's the leader of a military, right? He's in command of all these people. And he goes to the prophet. He gets sent from the king to the prophet. He shows up to the prophet. And the prophet doesn't even come out, doesn't even, doesn't even bother to step outside his house. The man's outside, doesn't even bother. Sends his servant out and basically says, go dip in the water. Why? Because there's, there's, there's something about it. It isn't just that God is obstinate and he doesn't want to do it the way you, you want him to do it. It's that we don't, the, the, the problem with mankind is we have a desire to have it our way. It's the, it's the problem of the human condition. We don't want anyone to tell us what to do. We want to be like Burger King. I just want to have it my way. But with the kingdom of God, it's not our way. It's God's way. And so that's what humility is, is humbling yourself to say, God, I want to have it my way, but it's not my way. Many of you have probably had times where you've been saving up for something and the Lord spoke into your heart and said, give. And you think to yourself, man, I'm saving up for this, but God's telling me to give. He didn't tell me to give before, before, before I had something in mind to buy, but now he's telling me to give. Why? It's not that he's just trying to take away your fun. He's, God's not trying to take away your fun. He has, first of all, he, anytime he calls you to seed, he's got a harvest in mind, but he's trying to test your obedience. That's when it becomes who's more important, what you want or what God wants. And then it says here, 
And it says, but Elisha, and you'll be healed of your leprosy. Verse 11, but Naaman became angry and stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. He said, I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call in the name of the Lord his God and healed me. Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Farpar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned and went away in rage. This is how, many, how it works for many of us. We, we, we go after something, we go after the things of God, and we think there should be just an easy formula. Maybe it's how to fix a relationship. Maybe it's how to get close to the presence of God. Maybe it's, oh, if I read for 15 minutes a day and I pray for 15 minutes a day, then I'll be anointed. You know, you hear stories of Smith Wigglesworth used to wake up and, re- and, and pray for four hours a day. And Pastor Rodney says when he was younger, he woke up and was praying from 4 a.m., you know, whatever, he's going to be like Smith Wigglesworth. And after an hour and a half, he fell asleep. And then he beats himself up because he, he couldn't do it. And the Lord, after a few days, the Lord let him do it. And after a few days, the Lord just said, Hey, that's my that was my relationship with Smith. I didn't tell you to do that. And so there's 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 things that you need to do. There's things that the Bible's clear. The Bible says when you pray. The Bible says when you fast. The Bible says when you give. Those shouldn't be question marks of if God wants me to do them. But it isn't a formula where someone says, okay, if you fast this many days a year and you read this many hours a day and you pray this many hours a day that you're going to have the same results. No, because it's not a formula. That takes away the reliance on the Holy Ghost where God is trying to teach us to rely on the Holy Spirit. Let me finish up the story. I got a few more verses to read. And it says, um, verse 13, but his officers tried to reason with him and said, sir, if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman said, now I know that there is no God in all the world except in Israel. So please accept a gift from your servant. And then uh, uh, Elisha does not receive the gift. But you see that the Jordan River, um, you, if you look up pictures of it on the internet now, it's a dirty river. And so he was saying, hey, how come? This is taking humility. I'm not only having to go dump, dunk in water as a military leader seven times dunk in water, but I have to go in the dirty pond and do it. And so the things of God take humility where we want it to be, Lord, I want you to touch me, but I don't want to run. Lord, I want you to touch me with your anointing, but I don't want to have to scream. I don't want to have to laugh my head off. And we put restrictions on God. The truth is, God, I want you to heal me, but I want you to do it in a healing line. Man, we don't dictate to God. This is not a uh, this isn't something where he does a survey and says, what would you like better? People, people misunderstand that God has a plan and it's up to God, you know, and he decides. And it's not at our convenience. Many times it's at our inconvenience. Why? Because that's what, that's what places God on the throne of our heart. When we're willing to say, you know, this may be inconvenient, but I'm doing it God's way. I told you the story of E.A. Adeboye. Who, who told the story of how God said, call people out who have back problems. There's people in here that can't touch their toes. Their backs are, are, are in bad shape. And he called people out and people came up to the front. And he said, I thought the Lord was going to have me smack them on the back or, or have them lay down and step on their back. And God said, dance around them. And I thought, dance around them. 
I thought that's going to embarrass me. He said, but I knew who was talking to me. So I had them play music and for five minutes I danced around them. And then I said, that's enough. They stopped playing music. I told them to touch their toes and everyone was healed. So there's ways where we think it should happen. But what God is wanting to do is, is to put in us a, a sensitivity to the Holy Ghost. Because that's why it's not the same every time. Luke chapter 12, verse 11. And when they bring you into the synagogues and into magistrates and powers, take ye no thought how or what thing you shall answer or what you shall say. For the Holy Ghost shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Luke 21, uh, verse um, 10. And he said unto them, Nation shall arise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilences and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all these, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and into prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. 14. Settle it therefore in your hearts not to meditate before what you shall answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which all your adversaries shall not be able to gainsay and resist. You know, God is looking for people that press into his word, that memorize scripture, that do what they know to do, but that, that press in as well to have a reliance on the Holy Ghost. I want to ask you a question. Can you say with all honesty, Holy Spirit, I'm completely dependent on you. I can't do anything without you. That's what Jesus was able to say. He said, I can't do anything of myself. I don't do anything lest I see, first see my father do it. If anyone had an ability to say, I can do it without anybody's help, it was Jesus. Without sin, you know, he, 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 he seemingly, I mean, he didn't have the hindrances that we had, but he said, I can't do anything of myself. The flesh profits nothing. So there needs to be for us, especially as we get closer to the end of time, there needs to be a, a, a reality of our relationship with the Spirit of God, where the Holy Spirit has place every single day in our life, that when the time comes, that there's a dependence that we can say, Holy Ghost, I trust that you're going to give me what to say. I don't know what to say, but I trust that you're going to give me exactly what to say. A word in due season, that you can make all the plans. It says in there, actually settle in your heart. You won't decide beforehand what your defense will be. And so there's, God is looking for people who will say, Holy Spirit, today, I need your help. Holy Spirit, today, don't get comfortable. Have you gotten comfortable with, with being able to do it in your own strength? That's a dangerous place to be. Because if you're not expecting to hear the voice of God and the leading of God on a daily basis, if you're not saying, Holy Spirit, every moment of every day is, uh, belongs to you. Lead me, direct me, guide me. That's a place where God, God's looking to use people, but he needs people who are being sensitive to hear the voice of God. Can you do it on your own? Are you stuck? Or, or, or are you dependent on the Holy Ghost? I'm challenging you. If you've been stuck in the past, get unstuck. What does it take? Spend time in prayer. Start talking to the Holy Spirit every day. Take time every day to speak to Him. Holy Spirit, I depend on you. Lead me. Press into the Lord. And He'll, and he'll give you your heart's desires. I love you. God bless you. This is going to be the best year that we've had. I know God has things in stores, a store for us, great things in store. But as we make these little adjustments and get ready for what's ahead, we make ourselves people who are eligible to be used by God and to accomplish what He wants us to do. We'll see you soon. Thanks for sharing the podcast.